Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hello to OP and Julington Creek. We are glad you are in God's house tonight. And uh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited about all kinds of things. I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life tonight, like in these next few minutes. So how, how about that? Does that sound, sound good? Good. So everybody's doing good on the fast? About halfway? About halfway there? Huh? Boy, I smelled a hamburger today. I smell one. I was out for a jog. I, I was six, seven miles from the nearest hamburger place, but I, oh yeah, it, it, it's, it was in the atmosphere. But you know what? I got all year to eat hamburgers. I can, I, I need to stay hungry for God. And we're going to talk about being hungry for God tonight. In fact, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to get into Acts chapter 10. Man, we're talking about visions angels, baptism in the Holy Spirit, tongues, miracles, and most importantly, Jesus. How about that? We'll talk about that. It's all in Acts chapter 10, but I want to talk to you. I want to have a, a time of prayer at the end, and uh, God spoke to my wife in, in worship, and uh, so she, I want her to come up uh, here with me in a few moments, and we're going to really pray, and uh, I'm telling you, this is your banner year. And um, I really believe that uh, I really believe that revival's coming, and I don't know what it looks like, but I, I'm get ready, get ready for Sunday because I have a word this Sunday that I really feel like God spoke to me that I feel like got confirmed this week, and it's a very hopeful, encouraging word for what God wants to do in your life. This year, aren't you glad that God speaks to us through His Word, and we can be led by the Holy Spirit? And uh, so, so let's let's just dive in tonight. How about that? We're gonna dive into Acts ten. Oh, I had to do this because I didn't get to these in in Sunday services, and I said I'd go over these real quick. It's 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 those kind of seven aspects of praise. Can I give these to you, and then we'll pray and get into Acts ten? This is a continuation of Sunday. Um, if you were there, you weren't there. I just kind of never got to the, <laughs> to the point. So you get them tonight. Let me just say this about praise. Praise gets God's attention. Can I get a good amen to that? It gets God. Faith arises out of praise. When you're discouraged or doubting, listen, you can praise your way out of that discouragement. You can praise your way out. Praise has nothing to do with circumstances. That's why the Bible tells us rejoice in the Lord always, always can always enjoy with God. You know what? No matter what's wrong with the world and no matter what you think is wrong with your life, you can always rejoice in the goodness of God and that he loves you. Come on, that he's in control. Look, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and God's here tonight. When you praise God in difficulty, it's a powerful witness. And we talked about, you know, maybe 
what God's waiting on, your, your miracle, your breakthrough, God's waiting on you to change your attitude. And as soon as you start praising him in your difficulty, that's going to be the very thing that brings you out and it's going to be a testimony to someone around you. See, many times what we're going through, we're going to look at that again tonight. Many times what we're going through, many times these, these, these crazy, these amazing uh, miracles and, 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 and stories in the Bible, they weren't really about the person experiencing it. It was for someone else. And we're going to see that tonight in Acts chapter God wanted to bring someone into his kingdom. God wanted to save someone. So Peter got to experience in this awesome vision, this awesome story of miracles, but it really wasn't about Peter. Some of it was. It was about God reaching someone else. And I like this. Listen, praise is a prerequisite for happiness. Who wants to be happy? Happy. It's a prerequisite for happiness, miracles, and revival. Just wanted to get that out. To you. Oh, we had them all seven up there. Okay, y'all were ahead of me. All right. All right. Are you ready? I'm going to call tonight's message, I'm going to call it an open heaven. An open heaven. Father, we love you. Lord, as we dive in to Acts 10, God, we just thank you through the Holy Spirit. You are going to get us grounded deep in the Word. We're going we're gonna to go down deep, God, and we're going to see your life come into us. I thank you what you're going to do in our lives tonight and in this fast in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, let's put it up there. Acts chapter 10. So, so let me give you a little bit of context. This is like a huge moment in church history here, okay? So the gospel has been, it's, it's preaching Jerusalem, Judea. It's to the Jews. And now this is kind of the event that takes place where now the gospel begins to go to the Gentiles or the non-Jew. Can you say thank you, Jesus, for that? Because unless you're from Jewish descent, you're one of them, Okay. Us Gentiles. And so this is kind of the event where that happens. So this is a huge event in church history. And it's here in the book of Acts chapter 10. And it says in, in, in verse 1, it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. A devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So you, you see this uh, throughout Jesus' days and early church times. These were called like God-fearing Gentiles. In other words, they wouldn't go all the way and convert to Judaism. It was just kind of too much, but they kind of believed a lot of what the Jews believed. They believed there was one God. They believed that their God was the God above the other gods or the, the other demons, so to speak. And so, so they were like God-fearing and they, they, they were favorable towards the Jewish people many times. And this is one of those men. His name is Cornelius. He would be like a, you know, a, 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 a sergeant or captain in the army. And it says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, so here we have another one of these manifestations of angels. So this angel comes to him and says, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid, which is the usual case we've seen here. Okay, it, it, it wasn't one of those things, you know, we see Renaissance period, we, we've talked about that. Angels aren't these little naked babies flying around with harps and little arrows, okay? They were like pretty spectacular and scary. So it says, he was afraid and he says, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. And now watch this. So here's what we're going to see in this story. We're going to see how now this, this set of events takes place where Cornelius 
and his entire household is about to be saved. So I want to say this, just like that, that, that prayer that John was reading. Listen, all it takes is one person in your household praying. All it takes is one person believing God. Maybe your husband's not serving God. Maybe your wife's not serving God. Maybe your kids aren't serving God. Maybe you're a young person and your parents aren't serving God or your siblings aren't serving God. Listen, it just takes one person in that household. We looked at that last Sunday. What? It was just a couple of people praising. Come on, the whole jail got free. God wants to, this is your banner year. So, in verse 5, it says, uh, this angel's telling him, man, God's, God's heard your prayers. I, I just think this is awesome, man. Like, he doesn't know Jesus. He's not a Jew. Aren't you glad that God loves all people? God hears all people. You know, I can think back to times before I knew Jesus, and, man, I was living crazy and in just all kinds of crazy sin and, and partying, but I had an aunt that was praying for me. And I can remember, I can remember walking around, sometimes high, sometimes whatever. I can remember praying to God and, and in my own way trying to connect with God. And uh, God heard those prayers. I remember after I became a Christian, I heard a preacher say one time, you know, you're in sin. God doesn't hear your prayer. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Your sin doesn't, listen, I was doing all kind of crazy. God hears every prayer. Every, any heart that, that will just, just turn a little bit towards him. He's so quick to respond. And he's so merciful. And, and it, it, now look what it says. Here's what the angel tells him. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. Come on, Peter, Peter up in that seaside resort. Okay, so... It says, and when the angel spoke to him and had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among these who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. All right, that's pretty spectacular, isn't it? So, so he's obeying what the angel told him to do, which is interesting. Since I studied the names of some of these angels from some of these Jewish texts, it's interesting, what we're going to see here is this angel is involved in getting basically Cornelius and his household to repent and turn to Jesus. And it was interesting if you were there that Wednesday night when we were looking at some of these angels of God that are in charge in administrating different affairs of men. One of them's name was Peniel or face of God. And what he was in charge of is getting people to turn to God getting unsaved people to repent or, 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 or getting people to, to, that, that don't have the Holy Spirit yet to, to, to helping in that, that uh, 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 getting people towards God. And so it was just, it may not have been that angel pineal, but it's, it's very interesting. That's what this story is about. And an angel here shows up and uh, it says, Okay, so in verse seven, it says, and when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who wait on him continually. So he had explained all these things to them. He sent them to Joppa. The next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, look at this. Now Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Okay, look, verse 10. Then he became very hungry and he wanted to eat. Come on, Peter finally started the awakening fast. Some of you, you hadn't been fasting yet. It is not too late. You can be like Peter. 
And you can start today. But this is real interesting. I think this is a great watch. A great miracle is about to happen. This is a great picture of devotion. Okay? What did Peter have? Peter had a time and he had a place. He had, this is my place. I go up on the, 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 the housetop. Because, you know, Peter, he likes a good view of the seaside. He, he likes it nice when he prays. And he wants a good view get in nature, get with God, look out at the ocean. Remember when he was a fisherman, and he was even a bad fisherman. He didn't catch many fish till Jesus showed up in the boat. And so he would reminisce about those days. I'm so glad Jesus saved me because I wasn't a really good fisherman anyway. You know, I just made all that up. I don't know if that's what Peter was thinking. But here's the point. The point is he had a time, right, the sixth hour, and he had a place. Listen, listen. Your prayer life will go to the next level if you'll just get a time and a place. Just get a time and a place. Consecrate. Maybe you're a morning person. Maybe you, you have a drive to work. Maybe there's a time of commute. Maybe you can get some time at lunch. Have a time and a place where you can get alone for a few minutes, read your chapter and meditate on it, and pray to God. Look at verse 10. It says, okay, he goes on his awakening fast. But look, by while they made ready, he fell like this. This is New King James. He fell into a trance. Come on, God will put you in the good kind of trance. You know what I'm saying? Some of us back in the day, we went into the wrong. <laughs> Who's hearing me out there? I've been in a few trances. They weren't from the Holy Spirit, I assure you. <laughs> that. <laughs> well, this is a Holy Spirit trance. And it said, and he saw heaven open. So once again, when I, when I get into the, the end time series here in a couple of weeks, we're going to look at that veil, the parting of the veil, where God kind of pulls the curtains back, and you see beyond the veil. And now he has this vision, and it's this heavenly vision. And it says, in a great object, like a great sheet, bound at the four corners, it began descending to him and let down to the earth. And then it says this in verse 12, it says, In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him. I mean, this is like, wow. Look, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Now remember, he was hungry before he went in the trance, okay? <laughs> or maybe he went in the trance and then he was hungry. Was Peter smoking? So I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. I'm like, but Peter said, look, 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 he wasn't, listen, from the Holy Spirit. He said, but Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Now, here's, this is a setup, okay? So let me give you a little context about, about Jewish culture, okay? This, this goes way back to when God formed the, formed the nation. God formed all of these laws, okay? There were, there were laws about their, their clothing, their hygiene, their diet, their everything. And one of the main things that God had to do with the Jewish people when he called them basically out of, out of pagan culture, so to speak, starting with Abraham. Abraham's family came from uh, Samaria, Mesopotamia, like the cradle of civilization where all the pagan gods and false deities started. One of the things that God had to do is God had to set up all of these different types of, of laws, many of them beneficial for health, many of them uh, beneficial for holiness, and many of them, watch, were just to separate them from the pagan religions around them that worship these fallen angels and demons that were involved in all types of human sacrifice and sexual perversion. 
okay? So you see what God tells him. He's like, look, you know, he, he makes all these sexual laws, and, and they're like really, like he calls out specific stuff, and you're kind of like, man, why is God even bringing that up? I don't think they're thinking about doing that, you know? Well, the, the pagan religions were doing that. And so God, he, everything that God does, even why he didn't want Israel to have a king in the beginning is because that's what the pagan religions had. That's what the false gods and the fallen angels, and that's what they would do. And, 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 and we'll get into this pre-flood, but they would, you know, with the Nephilim, and it was like, okay, these are of the gods, and that's how, okay, you had to be from this bloodline, and, you know, if you're from this bloodline, then that means you kind of got deity in your blood. Yeah, they did. It was fallen deity, but they, and, and so God's like, look, you're not going to have a king. You're not going to put tattoos. Why? Because the other people, they, their tattoos were marks of which God they worshiped. You're not going to do like that. You're not, there's things that they eat. You're not, it was a total separation so that the children of Israel would be a separate people, a peculiar people, and they, they would not, uh, they would be different from all the uncleanliness around them, okay? And so, there were all these things that were clean and unclean. And what would happen in the Old Testament was, if you ate something unclean, if you were clean, you ate something unclean. Or if you were pure and you, and you touched something ritually, ritually un, impure, like a dead body, something like that, it would be like the uncleanness would get off of that and it would get off of you, and it would get onto you. Are y'all following me here? Okay. It would get onto you, and you'd be unclean. So that's why Leviticus says, okay, you touched this, or you ate that, or you did this, or you did that. Okay, now you got to go outside the camp. you got to wash yourself all kind of ways. Stay out there seven days and get examined, and then you can come back. This was the principle. If you were clean, and somehow you touched the unclean, or the unclean touched you, then you became unclean. Then you had to do an offering, you had to do a washing, you had to do all of that kind of stuff. And that was all the way until, guess who? Jesus. And that's why Jesus came on the scene, and all of a sudden, he's a woman with the issue of blood. That should have made him unclean. There's all these people that are unclean and all these different things. And, you know, Jesus is eating this on the Sabbath and all this kind of stuff. And, and instead of when the unclean one touched Jesus, instead of the unclean getting on the clean and Jesus becoming unclean, what happened? The opposite happened. Jesus said, power went out for me. Come on. When the unclean touched the clean of Jesus, the clean got off of Jesus and got on the unclean. Come on. That's why we are all unclean, but Jesus has touched us and he's made us clean. So, so, so this is, this is why Peter has this thing like, Peter's like, whoa, I'm a Jew. I don't eat pigs. I don't eat any of that stuff. It's interesting if you read history, the people, the Romans and a lot of people in these days, they thought that Jews actually worshiped pigs because they would never eat them. So they said, oh, the pig must be sacred to the Jews. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I think when Jesus was casting out those demons out of, the, out of that person and the demons were like, can we please not go to the abyss? Can you let's, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk where all that comes from in the, are y'all fired up about the end time series? I'm going to talk about all of it. And the demon said, look, can we not go in the abyss? So Jesus was like, all right. And he let him go into the pigs. But then what did the pigs do? Pigs drowned themselves. What was Jesus saying? My people don't worship pigs. 
pigs are about as, as unclean as you can get. And to show you that, I'm going to let these demons go into them, and then they're going to drown themselves. So, so that's what's going on here, okay? But here's what I want to say real quickly about what applies to us about all this and this miracle that's about to take place, okay? Peter was at the right place at the right time, and once again, he had the right posture. The right place, the right time, the right posture. Church, I'm telling you in 2018, if you'll get a place and a time, it doesn't have to be long. And watch this. Start your day off. Okay, if this is my day, this is my time. Maybe it's in your bed and you get up 15 minutes early and you get a, a cup of coffee, whatever it is. You're going to start your watch. I've got a place. I've got a time. And I'm going to get in the right posture. And I'm going to raise my hands to God. And I'm going to say, Lord, I'm lifting you up. God, I live to glorify you. Lord, and we're going to do that. Our Father prayer, we're going to meditate. We're going to read the word. Watch this. It's real simple. A place, a time, and the right posture. I'm telling you, that is a recipe of success for a miraculous banner year. Can you give God a hand for that? All right. Okay, so, so look at this, okay? So Peter, Peter he, he thinks God's speaking to him about food, right? Because he's hungry and all this stuff, but, but, but he, he, he doesn't really understand what God's getting at. And then in, in verse 15, it says, and the voice spoke to him again a second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. That's another word they would use sometimes for unclean. What, what God has called clean, you don't call unclean. What God has cleansed, you don't call common. This was done, look at this, three times. Everybody say three times. Whenever you see that in the Bible, whenever you see that in the Bible, which is a three times, a th you know, verily, 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 you know, that when you see that three times, it's like this is final. It's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's like, it's like that's like authority on there. And it said in verse 17, it says, Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Come on, how many of you want to be led by the Holy Spirit like this? When Peter thought about the vision, because he was at the right place, the right time, and the right posture, now the Spirit, he's being led by the Spirit, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing. Come on, you knew the Holy Spirit had to remind him. You're going to believe what they say. Doubting nothing, look, for I have sent them. Verse 21, it says, Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I'm he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? I love this. Look at this. And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among the nation of Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and hear words from you. All right. How would you like it if someone knocked on your door, you opened the door, and the three guys are standing there? Yes, you have been summoned by a holy angel. <laughs> Think about Peter. Peter, he's just, watch, watch. See, here's what we don't, here's what we miss. He's just going to have his daily diva. 
It was just another Monday. But oh, it was a magic Monday. Oh, 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 oh. We got some booze for that one. Listen, it was just a see, here's what many times like we we're looking for the miracle the miraculous is in the mundane. You never know when your daily devo is the catalyst for something supernatural and a major miracle in your life. You see what I'm saying? We're always, we're, we're, we're lo- you know, we're, we're, we're always, listen, looking for the big thing or, or, or whatever like that. I'm telling you, day in, day out, having a time and a place with God and praying and getting in the Word, that is the foundation for all miracles. And most of your miracles will just come out of the mundane of you doing the right thing and putting God first in your life. Can I have an amen to that? Here's what I wanna say. When prayer goes up, heaven comes down. You know that saying, what goes up must come down? So watch. When the spiritual goes up, the spiritual comes down. When prayer goes up, heaven has to come down. God just needs you to pray. Thank God, what if Peter wouldn't have prayed? What, just think about that. Like there, there has to be, it's like this. It's like just the simple steps, watch. What simple step of obedience can you take that you just haven't taken? Or maybe you haven't taken in a while. Maybe some of you, you you're, not, you're, not, you're not tithing. Could you just take a simple step of obedience? Bam, you never know, there's a miracle right there in the mundane. Some of you, it's, it's, man, I just, I can't find, I'm telling you right now, God will show you a time and a place that you can have a 10 to 15 minute devotional with him. He will show you. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe it's at night. Maybe it's in the morning. He will show you where if you will say, God, help me get a time and a place. What simple act of obedience. Maybe you haven't taken. There's a miracle on the other side of that. So look, it says he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and he had called together his relatives and close friends. Come on. It's a salvation party right here. You need to get your relatives to awakening. You need to get your close friends to awakening. You need to call him up. It, look, it says, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I myself am also a man. Well, and this is just a side note here. It's real interesting. Every time you see an angel, or in this case it was Peter, because he was an answer to the prayer. Anytime you see an angel uh, in the Bible or, or a person like this and, and people fall and worship them, They always say, hey, I'm not God, basically. I'm not God. You don't worship me. I'm a servant of the Lord just like you. They all say that except Jesus. Jesus received the worship. And so that's why that was one of the big things when you read the Gospels, you know, when the woman's at his feet and washing his hair and they're saying Hosanna in the highest and all that. And Jesus is receiving worship. And the religious people are like, man, this is, you're receiving worship. This is wrong. But no, it was right because Jesus was the son of God and Jesus is God and Jesus is above angels and Jesus is above men and, 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 and all of those things. And, uh, 
Verse 27, it says, And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. So this is what Peter's talking about. Man, we're not supposed to associate, mix with y'all, eat y'all's food, all y'all's unclean stuff. You know that that's unlawful. But look what he says here. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Oh man, that can preach today. I should not call, and not just you, Cornelius, not just you, the Romans, who, you know, many times, not just you. There's no man, there's no man, woman, or child on the face of this earth from any race, from any creed, of any color that I should ever call common, that I should ever think is unclean, because now I see that we are all created by God and we are all equal in his sight. This is why, why, why prejudice and racism, it's such a sin. It's such a sin. It's so wrong. Do you understand the Bible says, the, God, the Bible says that God created every race. So if you have a problem with the color of a person's sin, or if you have a problem with a race, you have a problem with God. God made us black. God made us white. God made us Hispanic. God made us every color. God made us that race. That, that's, that's what God made. If you got a problem with my race, then you got a problem with God. If you got a problem with color, then you got a problem with the creator. And this is Peter, man. I mean, Peter, if there's anybody a little prejudiced, it was this guy. It was this guy right here. Like, this is a miracle. I believe that's why God, God chose him. This is a revolutionary moment. In the church. And look what he says here. He says, therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Look, I asked then, what is the reason you have sent me? And so Cornelius said, look at this. Cornelius said, four days ago, I started the awakening fast. <laughs> Until this very hour. Come on, how many of you want a four-day fast and breakthrough right now? You're like, hey. I know you preached about that Daniel guy and the 21-day thing. I think I want to do a Cornelius. Cornelius. Who's up for the Cornelius fad? We, we got about four days. <laughs> I love it. And look, But look, he was on a fast. He said this. Four days ago, I was fasting. Look, until this hour. Come on. He was in the middle Maybe not in the middle. He was in the first part of his fast. This is what I want to say about your fast. Listen, as you're fasting, God is moving. We've already had so many people receive miracles. We've already had so many people giving testimonies about friends or family, whether it's relationships getting reconciled or whether it's people all of a sudden wanting to come to church or whether it's people getting right with God or, or, or getting saved. Listen, this, this is the time. You know, and what we, see, uh, uh, what we see in awakening so many times, it's like I was saying, the, 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 what fasting does, fasting 
doesn't change God's mind. Through fasting, God changes your mind. Romans 12.1, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. God's ready to move mountains. God's ready to heal people. You don't think God wants to save your family? Look, do you realize this? And we're going to see this on, do you realize this? Look, this whole thing with Cornelius is orchestrated by God. Peter don't even want Cornelius saved. He's not even thinking about the Gentiles. But God loves Cornelius. God loves his household. God loves your family. God loves your friends. God loves your wife. God loves your husband. He just needs somebody. Is anybody? It's why I believe that it says in the Bible, God says, man, I look for anyone to stand in the gap. We have this idea, well, God's sovereign. He's going to do what he wants. No, he doesn't. He said his word, watch. God says, I've set my word above my name. God is bound by his word. God could not save us without sending Jesus. Do you hear me? God does not do any, God, with the, with the whole component, look what, without faith it's impossible to please God. Well, God just meets people's needs. God responds to need. No, he responds to faith. He meets our needs through our faith. Even, even this, the centurion, Gentile, it, in his own way, he just, just, just crying out to God in a little bit. God's like, bam, now I can move. Someone has to pray. Someone has to ask God. Someone has to speak it. Guess who that someone needs to be? It needs to be us. It needs to be us. So I'm just telling you right now, if you've got family and friends, remember this, God's called us to be fishers of men. When he first saved Peter and those guys, what did he tell them? He says, from now on, you're going to be what? Fishers of men. We are fishers of men. So when the church starts fasting, we need to start casting. Oh, yeah, I just rhymed now. I, I pulled a rhyme out right now. When the church starts fasting, we need to start casting. Y'all think my rhyme, y'all, hey, at least, I tell you what, what would y'all do without my corny rhymes and religious jokes? Y'all be so bored. Y'all y'all act like you don't like them, but you do. <laughs> I know you do. But think about it. We're fasting seriously. You're fishermen. Who should you be casting towards? Who should you be calling? Who should you be inviting? Who should you be praying for a little? more. I, one of the things I love about mahi fishing, I go mahi fishing every June in the Keys. That's why the mahi numbers are down. That's why the, 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 the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is getting nervous and they've connected it to me because of my mahi massacre. And, and I, I feed my whole family for an entire year when I go down there. But one of the things, watch this, one of the things I love about mahi fishing is the mahi, you know, you're just out in the boat. Watch. You're just looking, it's nothing. You're just going, going, you're looking. And all of a sudden, the captain's like, I, I see him. I see the spot. And what he says, when I get in this spot, like, like we, there's been nothing going on. But when we hit this spot, it's on. It's on. And he pulls up in that spot. He says, we're in the spot cast. You see what I'm saying? You can't even see him. You just take your rod, cast out there. Zzz, 
they're just, they're, it, it's, it's, it's just total visceral extreme. Just my favorite type of fishing and hunting. Just, just immersed. You are a mahi. You are a predator fish. You, it just, and it's, it's bam, bam, bam. And then they, and all of a sudden, then it's done. And then you're all, listen, when you're fasting, it's like pulling into a hot spot. You start casting that, for believing God for that person. You start believing God for this healing. You start believing. Listen, church, they're biting right now. They're biting. If we'll just keep fasting, if we start some casting, I'm telling you, we are going to reel in some big miracles and see God save some people and heal some people. Oh, man. He said, four days ago, I was fasting until this very hour. And at the ninth hour, I'm almost done. We're going to pray. In the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And a man stood before me in bright clothing. Here's the angel. said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send, therefore, to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately. And you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things commanded you by God. I love this. Then Peter opened his mouth and he said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, here's what we're talking about, every nation, every person, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. And the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. I love this. He is Lord of all. Do you know that Christianity was the first ever religion? Still is. Well, there might be some New Age stuff out there now. Christianity was the first religion to disregard racial, cultural, and national limitations. First ever religion. Did you know what spread in the third century, why Christianity spread so fast? Because it was the first religion that actually elevated women and valued women and allowed women to be part of the leadership? Yes. And that's why, you know how it spread so fast in Rome and all that? Because like the Caesars, whatever, the wives, like kind of the elite women, and they had friends and all of that. Some of them became Christians and they realized, man, the Christians, they're caring for people. They're helping women. They allow women in leadership. All the, it was, that was the church that first elevated women. Listen, it was the church that put down the racial divide. It was the church that first said, it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, color, race, creed, whatever. Jesus is Lord of all, and we are all equal in his sight. Come on, and God loves you. Man, there's, there's nothing like the church. It says, uh, and he says, you know, Jesus, Lord of all, he says, that word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God, I love this, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, I love this, and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I'm telling you, just like we talked about last Sunday, there, there are chains, I believe there are chains falling off right now. Jesus is a healer. Some of you have been oppressed. Some of you, man, there's been chains around you. You've been in a prison. Those doors are opening. Those chains are falling off in Jesus' name. This is your banner year. 
It says uh, he went about doing good. He long repressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day. Come on, he's preaching the gospel. Do you see this? If you want to know what, watch. People say, were you preaching the gospel? Is it the gospel? Let me tell you. Peter preaches the gospel. You can't see this. Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius' household in about 45 seconds. This is it. It started in verse 36. It goes to verse 43. Okay, we're on 39. We're witnesses of all these things. Verse 40, God raised him up the first day. Verse 41, uh, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen by God, even to us who ate and drank with him. And he rose from the dead. Here's the gospel. Christ died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Jesus died for our sins. And we're in, the, we're in God's dispensation, dispensation of grace. Now because of Jesus' sacrifice, God's now not counting men's sins against them. Now we can, anyone who repents and believes can be saved. Isn't that great news? That is great news. Thank you, Jesus. It says... It, it says, uh, verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that, just like I was just preaching to you, through his name, whoever, everybody say, say, say whoever. Whoever believes in him will receive the remission of sins. What a beautiful 45-second gospel message by Peter to the house of Cornelius. And it says this, while Peter was still speaking these words, I love this, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. Come on out. Come on out, worship team. Come on out. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Look, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now, this is powerful. This is really powerful. They hadn't been water baptized yet. So if you're wondering, do you need to be water baptized to be saved? Well, no. You still need to be water baptized. But before these people were even water baptized, what? They received Jesus and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Then the empowerment of God, they began to speak in tongues. They began to magnify God. And look, it says, Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Come on, that was a Holy Spirit party right there. Let me say this. God's power isn't partial. God's power isn't for the perfect. God's power is for the prayerful. If your prayers go up, heaven comes down. And I want to say this. The Holy Spirit filling is twofold. It's indwelling and it's empowering. So when you receive Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in on the inside of you. Okay? You have the Holy Spirit. But there's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit that has to do with empowerment. I describe that like that's how the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like, think of baptism, immersion. It, it goes from your spirit more into your soul. It can be an emotional experience. Many times, gifts that have been dormant are released 
because there's a, an extra empowerment from God. Now listen, it has nothing to do with God loves you more or not. You know what it has to do with? Will you be prayerful? Will you say, Lord, I want more of you. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to fan into flame the gifts of God within my life. I'm all in, Lord. You know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for? For those who are ready to go all in. Sometimes a prayer language comes with it. Sometimes it doesn't. A lot of people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they don't have their prayer language yet. And it takes a while uh, to get that. However, here's what I believe, and I'm going to ask this right now. I'm going to ask Carrie to come up here real quick. And um, come up here real quick. I believe that the Holy Spirit's going to fall on us right now. How many, of, how many of you believe that? And what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to pray for healing. All right? I understand if you we're going to go into a song. I understand if you need to go, if you need to get your kids. I understand all that. It, it, it's 830. But we just want to take a few moments. We're going to pray. For anyone in here that is trying to have a baby, like we heard on that card, people that have been infertile every year at, at, at celebration, we have people that have not been able to have children. Come on, God does a miracle, and all of a sudden they're able to come become pregnant. We have people get healed of all kind of things. We got some great testimonies yesterday. Um, we see God fill people with the Holy Spirit. We see this, what happens here at the book of Acts. Listen, church, it's a hot spot. It's a hot spot, so let's get in on it and let's believe God. Amen. So when Pastor John was up here praying um, and reading those those prayer cards, um, when he took, when he read the one about the the couple that was believing for a baby, I've just heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, "Tonight, God wants to open wombs. He wants to open wombs." And He did this across the whole Old Testament. He opened the womb of Sarah and Leah and Rachel and Hannah. He opened the womb of Samson's mother and John the Baptist's mother. He's a God that can do it. We don't have to have verses to remember and name and claim. We can do that. We just need to know that we serve a God who is a healing God. And He loves to heal and He is able to heal and He will heal. So I have three, three types of people that I wanna to speak to before we stand up. The first is um, there are people in here who are experiencing infertility because there's a, there's a physical issue. And we're gonna pray and believe in faith that God is going to um, heal you and, and heal that issue so that you can conceive. The second class is, um, this is not class, the second group of people are people who have gotten so stressed out about this issue. It's become such a stressor in your life that you're focused on it all the time. I feel like there's several people in here that you're just, it's become such a thing that now you're stressing your body out about it. It's like become the, like, Sex is about doing this job and it's not about connecting with your spouse and it's lost its original function. And I just feel like God wants a saying to you, you just need to relax. You need to stop stressing about it. When you're stressed, that, that makes it difficult for your body. If you have a, a predisposition toward that anyway, you, um, it's gonna, that stress is gonna make it worse. Just relax, quit thinking about it. Go back to your normal life. Do what you're doing. God is able and in His timing, He's gonna do it. And then there's a, third, there's a third group of people in here. And these are people who have been praying and they're wondering. And, and I, I feel like um, right now that there's even been, there's a person in here, a woman who has seen um, her friends go through this and their prayers have been answered quickly and yours hasn't. And even though you're not angry and you're not bitter, you're, you're asking God, why? Why is this happening for these people and why is it not happening for me? And I really feel like God wants to tell you, and it might not just be one person, this might be several people, that for you, this is more than just about having a baby. For you, this is a faith journey. 
This is about you learning how to cross a faith gap and trust in the Lord while He takes you from here to here. And His, His desire is for you to trust Him, trust Him to learn who He is and to extend your faith and, and don't give up. Don't give up believing, just rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord, keep worshiping Him, keep praising Him, maintain that posture. And in His timing, when He has completed His work in you, He's gonna do it. He's gonna do it, trust in Him and believe in Him. So what I wanna do right now is I'm gonna ask every single person in this place to stand up because it's, it's personal to stand up for prayer for this and I don't want anyone to not stand. But um, if, if everybody will sort of just look down at your feet for a minute, if you, are, if you are believing God to have a baby, if you're struggling with infertility or your spouse is and she's not here, would you just raise your hand? Would you raise your hand across this building? There are hands going up everywhere. If you or your wife, she's not here, are, are struggling right now, you wanna have a baby, okay. This is what I want you to do. Take your hand, I want you to put it right here. Put it right here. And if you're here with your spouse, I want you to grab their hands. If you're here with a friend, I want you to grab their hand. And church, um, I want you right now, I want us all to put our faith together. You know, when you're going through something, it is really hard for, your, for you to stir up your own faith and you need your brothers and sisters to come around you and, and put their faith in the gap for you. And so all of us are gonna pray for healing right now. Yes. We're gonna focus our prayers on healing and, um, and we're gonna believe right now. So let's lift our hands toward heaven and Father God right now in Jesus' name. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about even the words that I'm saying. But Lord, you are the anointed one who opens the womb. Lord, you are a God who heals. Jesus, you are willing to heal. And right now in the name of Jesus, we command bodies to come into alignment with the will of God. Yes, we Lord. command heaven to come down so that earth is as it is in heaven. God, I thank you that you send your word out and the body conforms. You never yes. ever waste your words. Your word came out tonight. You said that you were gonna open wombs tonight and we believe you. Yes, heal Lord. every disease, bring everybody into alignment. Lord, heal every dysfunction of the body. There is no dysfunction in heaven, Lord. We pray that there be no dysfunction on earth right now in yes, Jesus' Lord. name. God, we pray that you would remove stress, that you would bring perspective, a heavenly perspective to people who are so stressed about this. Father, let, we lay it down right now. We lay it down right now, Father. I pray that yes. they would even now feel a deep breath rise up within them. They would let it go. Lord, that we feel your breath over them. And Father, for those who are traveling through this journey of faith, making it to the end of this faith gap, Lord, I pray for your for precious, precious trust in you. The Lord says, the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. You, you need to be honored that you were chosen to walk this faith gap. It's a good thing. And Father, we, we rejoice with you. And Father, we, we agree with you and we're, we're thankful. And we pray that you would give them strength to endure. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, just say this, just say, Lord, say this, say, Lord, by your stripes, I'm healed. God, I thank you for healing my body and healing my mind. And I receive your word tonight in Jesus' name. Listen, God is gonna open your womb just like he spoke in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's celebrate that tonight. I wanna do this. I want to pray. We, we just heard of a major testimony of someone had a miracle who was going into heart surgery and then saw the echocardiogram and the issue totally went away. And uh, it was the same issue that I had heart surgery for. It was an aneurysm. 
And on an echocardiogram, you can't see that in several tests. It's like a video monitor. And those, those, those aneurysms in the aorta, you can't schedule surgery. What I'm trying to say is, there's no mistaking when you have an aneurysm that needs surgery. And the man went back to have, it was his last one before the surgery, and they couldn't find it anymore. How about that? That Listen, because I had that, I had that. You can't, there's no misreading that instrument when it's a surgery schedule. So I just want to pray, pray anyone that's having any kind of heart issues, anything like that, blood issues, come on, will you stick your hand up? Just stick your hand up right now. I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's a major miracle because I had that and had to have surgery. Come on, I'm, we're casting right now in Jesus' name. Father, right now we stretch our faith. Lord, you created our hearts, Lord. You're our creator, Lord. So God, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, fall. Heal your people, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. God, you come on, place your hand over your heart or over your, your, your chest there. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that our hearts are whole and they're healed. Lord God, God, we thank you for your mercy, Lord God. Come on, anything else, any health issue right now, I just stretch your faith. Holy Spirit, fall, fall right now. Come on, if you feel a prayer language, if you feel a prayer language coming, rising up, that's, that's what the Bible calls tongues or your prayer language. Speak that out. Come on, begin to glorify God. I want you to thank him right now that you're healed. I want you to thank him in advance that you're healed. I want you to give him praise before you get the report. I want you to give him some praise before you see the miracle. Lord, we give you praise for healing us. We give you praise, God, for the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just, I just pray for people to receive their prayer language. Come on, if you need your prayer language right now, God is here. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're believing God for your prayer language. For Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall. Come on, just begin to speak out. Lord, well up in us like a river. Lord, you said out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. You said that you would baptize us, Jesus, with the Holy Spirit and fire. We pray the fire of God fall. Lord, we pray the rivers of God are loose. Let healing flow. Let life flow. Come on, if you have your prayer language, I want you to pray. I want you to pray in the Spirit right now. I want you to glorify God in the Spirit right now. God, we thank you for healing. We thank you, God, for miracles. Jesus, you healed all who were oppressed by the devil. We pray chains fall right now. Come on. Thank God that you're free. Thank God that you're free. Thank God that you're free. That prison gate's open. That sin, sin is no longer going to have a hold on you because you're not under law. You're under grace. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Come on, is there some liberty in this house tonight? Come on, I want you to give God some praise right now. Come on, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.